Miles Bridges and Mitch Kupchak will speak to the media later today. We'll discuss what we think that press availability might hold, and then we'll give you the rest of the Summer League winners and losers. All today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that does include YouTube. If you are watching us on YouTube, there you can see David Walker back from his vacation, two-week vacation, where he just unplugs from the world, and we were not able to get a hold of him despite our group chat's best (laughs) efforts. Uh, South, what is this one, Doug? I can't even read this one. What is his new nickname? Uh, Soothsayer of Sneaker. Soothsayer of Sneaker. Sneaker. David, I was going to go shoothsayer. I was going to go shoothsayer of sneaker, but it, it didn't read well and it felt like too much. So I went. Okay. I was hoping you go pod. I was hoping you get podcast D, maybe. <laughs> Whoa. All right. No, yeah. maybe not. All right. Maybe not. He's bringing okay. the podcast D today. Anyways, that's Doug Branson. He brings the <laughs> podcast yeah. D weeks, every day. You can also find him on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can listen to me every weekday on WFNZ Walker Mail on Wesson Walker from 12 to 3 p.m. Okay, Miles Bridges, Mitch Kupchak. We got the news yesterday, I think around like 2 p.m., maybe 2.30, something like that, that Mitch Kupchak and Miles Bridges would be speaking to the media today, 11 a.m. Um, don't know who's all, how many people are going to be there. You had to RSVP. That is the little inside tidbit I can mm. give you. You had to RSVP mm. to get into the uh, media event. Did you RSVP? Oh, I got to work on the show, so I can't go because it's going to be right up to the time where I'm going to be on air and 12. But we're going to be leading off with it, of course, because I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask this question first. I don't anticipation seems like the wrong word to use here, but it's certainly been a press conference people have been clamoring for for quite some time. The Hornets could hide behind the fact that he wasn't a Hornet. You know, last year he was not a member of the Charlotte Hornets roster. And he wasn't until officially he signed the qualifying offer. So he will be playing for the Hornets this season. And then who knows? But David, we have been asking for this. A lot of people have been asking for Miles Bridges to speak publicly on the matter. And we haven't even heard from him until he released a statement. I believe that was back on July 7th. So is there anything that you want to hear from Miles Bridges with the fact that so many people have been wanting him to speak publicly and has been pretty quiet until he released the statement? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could expand on that statement a little bit. You'd like to hear, obviously, some contrition, some apology. Um, I think from the team's standpoint, like, I don't know if they'll give us any insight into how this thing all played out. I seriously doubt they'll go back over the last year and, like, go a step-by-step process. But my bigger question is, like, do they think this is the end of the discussion for the year? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is. But I feel like, uh, you know – Certainly other players could be asked about it in the future when they go to different cities, they could get questions about it. Like, I don't know if this is the, uh, if, if, if this is closing the book on this, you know, era, uh, if you will, or if when the season kicks back up, there'll be more questions or more people are asked, or perhaps people that didn't RSVP today, uh, will have additional questions. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, this is a kind of a weird thing i mean it's kind of in the same vibe as the rest of the hornets offseason to see these guys trotted out there and, and discuss this um so i i just i have no idea what to expect though i mean honestly i mean it's 
we haven't seen this type of thing for, I mean, that's probably a, a good thing uh, and giving the light of what this is, but um, I, I, you know, I, I just don't know if this is going to be the end of it or if they've got plans to kind of monitor this thing and, and um, you know, give some media training to, to folks in the future. Who knows? Well, and Doug, you know, Miles Bridges, as I mentioned, he did release a statement. We haven't talked about it. We've just been talking about Summer League for the most part, but he did release a statement July 7th. I don't know if you wanted to read some of that and give your thoughts and then talk a little bit about this media availability. Um, but Miles, at least he did release some comment on it, and he's going to have a lot more here today. And it was significant because it was both the first comments we had heard from him and from Mitch Kupchak of of any substance on on this particular issue. It had been dodged in multiple press conferences and and releases, really gave us no info. So at first, here's what Kupchak said. Throughout this process, we have taken a measured and serious approach. Several factors played a part in our decision to bring Miles back, including the conclusion of the legal process, the results of the NBA's investigation, and Miles' commitment to counseling and community service. Our five-year relationship with Miles has allowed for open and honest dialogue. He has shown remorse, indicated that he has learned from this situation, and expressed that it will not happen again. We look forward to Miles rejoining our team. That was Mitch Kupchak. Here is Miles Bridges. I sincerely apologize for the pain, embarrassment, and disappointment that last year's incident caused so many people. Time away from the game allowed me to reflect, immerse myself in therapy, and prioritize becoming a better person, someone my family and peers can be proud of. I'm grateful to the Hornets and the NBA community for giving me a second chance. Most people don't ever get one, and I understand those questioning whether I deserve one. I will do everything I can to earn back the trust and confidence of my teammates, coaches, the Hornets organization, and staff, fans, and the Charlotte community. I'm ready to return to work and can't wait to rejoin my Hornets teammates. That's Miles Bridges. I think what I expect from this press conference is the expected. I think you're going to get a lot of uh, very thought-out uh, public relations, both talk and future actions, I think, that Kupchak telegraphed a little bit of that when he talked about Miles's commitment to counseling and community service. I think you're going to hear a lot about what Miles has done, what he will continue to do to move forward from this, and how he'll be involved in the community. I wonder if any of that is going to be linked to domestic violence at all. Mm. Because you have to understand, Miles Bridges pled no contest, he wasn't mm -hmm. found guilty. But the importance of the no contest is that you don't plead guilty, but you're also not found innocent. And we haven't, uh, even in that statement from Bridges, you got an apology for the pain, embarrassment, and disappointment that last year's incident caused so many people. It wasn't my actions. There has been no real, I think, admission that anything happened uh, from Miles Bridges. And even in Kupchak's statement, it says that he has shown remorse, indicated that he learned from this situation, and expressed that it will not happen again. But again, all of that is very careful not to couch it in like, Miles Bridges did something that resulted in all of this occurring. And so what I think I would like to hear is something that I don't think is very realistic that I'm going to hear, but it's not just contrition that something happened. It's an admission that he was directly involved in that something happening and some information about what happened. I don't think we're going to hear any of that. The NBA investigation, we're never going to see that. Nobody's ever going to release that. And so, you know, I think this will continue even after this to be shrouded in mystery. This thing is going to be all about 
hey, like David said, hey, here's here we're putting it all out on the table, but we're we're holding a lot back, but we're putting most of it out mm-hmm. on the table, and now we want to move on and not talk about it anymore. Well, yeah, and and I I guess short of him just flat out saying I'm responsible for my actions and I apologize for him. It, it's going to be coming up short in some people's minds. And there is going to be that extreme, right? There are going to be people, understandably and justifiably so, that are not going to be swayed by anything that is said by Miles Bridges today. There's going to be Hornets fans. There's going to be NBA fans that cannot be swayed into welcoming Miles Bridges back with open arms based off of anything he says because in their minds, the damage is already done. And I understand all of that. If you want to talk about what you want to hear, you do want to hear contrition. You want to hear it to the utmost degree. When you talk about taking accountability for your own actions, he does say if you wanted to try to extrapolate some kind of responsibility, he does say, I understand those questioning whether I deserve a second chance. I'll do everything I can to earn back the trust and confidence in my teammates and team. You know, if you wanted to, but that's all extrapolation. You can interpret that however you want to, right? You can interpret it as he's sorry that he was in the situation or that he was responsible directly himself for the incident. So Miles Bridges today is going to answer a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of people peppering him with questions that he has not had to answer yet. And we've talked about this. The first public comment that we've had at all about him pleading no contest to felony domestic violence was the statement released 10 days ago. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say today, and everybody's going to be watching. Well, I hope there are some tough questions. I hope there are some direct questions, okay? Because I've often complained, not I don't even know if complain's the right word, but observed that players enjoy going out in front of Charlotte media because it's not mm. New York media. It's not L.A. media. It doesn't have that same intensity. Uh, but when you have an incident like this, I think it it uh, would be nice for uh, the people that did RSVP to take it seriously and to, you know, ask some really difficult questions, some tough questions, because uh, the the NBA and this team have done everything at this point uh, to avoid the difficult conversations. That's what all of this is about. It's about avoiding the difficult conversations. It's about masking everything in vague language and not really getting down to the heart of, of what this thing has been about and what we, I think, have done a good job of, of talking honestly about, um, which is domestic violence and how much of a problem it is and how much the NBA doesn't seem to care about it. Yeah. And, and so think- I, hope that, I hope that there are some tough questions asked in this, not just about the qualifying offer, or the contract, or the future of Miles Bridges in right. Charlotte. All of that, there, there will be time. I mean, there's going to be a media day coming up at the end of September. There will be plenty of time to ask about that. I hope that the questions are tough and that they're not about that. Well, do you guys think this is a good thing? I mean, you think the Hornets are bringing this about in the right way at the right time uh, in the right format? I mean, they. Sh- I, I think they, you know, they have to address this, right? They had to have done it. Is this the right way to do it? You know, after summer league, before the summer starts. Well, at least it's not on a Friday. At least it's not on a Friday. (laughs) I mean, you know, everything else has been total news dump Friday. Let's hope everybody forgets about it over the weekend. At least it's not a news dump Friday. Well, and the Hornets would have been killed had they not made him available at all. And then we get to we get to interview. um, You know, we have media day before the season starts, and then you get your what fifteen minute session, not even. I mean, not even 15 minute sessions there because you're just, you know, going through the car wash, right? Everybody is coming in and out doing interviews and it's not very long. And so the Hornets would have been killed for that. This is something I do believe they had to do. 
I I don't I don't honestly don't know the right way, right? Like yeah. the, the right way is Miles Bridges does it earlier, but he wasn't an official member of the team yet. So when he signs the qualifying offer, then you bring him on. Now Mitch Kupchak is going to be there. So this is I don't know if it's the right, right way or the wrong one. It's just something that had to be addressed, and they're choosing to do it today at 11 a.m. And we'll recap some of those comments on the next episode. But we still have more to get to on this episode. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll go so, uh, over some of the Summer League winners and losers, get David's thoughts, even if he was on vacation. Maybe he saw a little bit of Summer League. We'll get his thoughts on some of that. And we'll talk a little bit more about prize picks as well, because this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can pick two to six players on your fantasy sports app or website. And if they score more or less than their prize picks rejection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available, and they offer projections on really any sport that you watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and even Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. And if you deposit 100, they'll give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks gives you 50 bucks. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. More Locked On Hornets coming up next. This is Locked On Hornets. And which, what, what I have liked to see a few more shards. Shards? No, I would not have. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. David, did you watch any summer league action on your vacation or did you try to stay as far away as possible from all the losing that took place? Oh, yeah, no, I try to unplug completely, as you guys know, and it's nothing personal, guys. I, 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 I was leaving my phone inside when I headed out to the beach. I would check it mostly for messages from you guys and just to say, no, I'm, I'm not talking about anything. Uh, these two weeks, but we fired up, uh, we fired up some summer league for sure. Uh, we go. were aware that it was happening. Um, you know, as much as we could take, uh, once, once Brandon That's Miller fair. was sitting out, you know, we, uh, we, we, we drifted into, you know, watching jaws <laughs> for the fifth time or whatever, but I go. do have, I do have a take on summer league and I wanted okay. to get your thoughts. I definitely want to get Doug's thought on this. I, I, I don't think it's cool anymore. I, I just think it's, it's not Whoa. under it's not, it's not underground enough anymore. You know, they're, they're, they've got this whole <laughs> NBA con going on in Vegas. It's only going to get bigger. Uh, you know, the, the front row is now treated like celebrity row for for whatever teams are in town. There's way too much hoopla. I know uh, Wimby and Scoot made for you know a spotlight year this year, but it, it's just I, I hearken for the days of when it was you couldn't find it. You had to go on the app, you know, uh, not all the games were on TV and it was just a little more for, for the absolute junkies for the basketball junkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's gotten a little too, uh, you know, too mainstream. I yeah. Guess. You guys. Well, are well, that's interesting. And it presents, I think a problem. It's starting to present a problem that is related to the Hornets uh, sad performance in Las mm. Vegas, which is that I think the coverage of it, 
mixed with the exactly. amount of players that we're consistently seeing uh, repeat going back to Vegas, second, even third-year players, there, there's a level of competition that has been raised in Vegas that I don't think is matched by the amount of preparation that these teams get and the level of coaching that gets sent down. Uh, and we saw that. I mean, we're, yeah. we're going to talk summer league winners and losers, and I think the biggest loser for summer league is this the coaching staff uh, for the Charlotte Hornets because this team looked completely disorganized uh, from the jump, didn't really put it together till that final game. But I don't. Th- I think there's there's as summer league has grown in popularity, they've got to figure out like, all right, how, what's the level of competition that we want? If it's going to go mainstream, what's the level of competition that we want to showcase? And then we've got to get teams to invest in making that comp because if it's it's not enough just to put good players on the court, you you've also got to give them time, more time, to yep. prep these guys so that you actually get good basketball games. Otherwise, you're putting a, a bad product in front of a lot of people. Well, yeah, and what I will say though is I still feel like the the basketball is at a rookie level because oh. the second and third year players that go back really aren't good. And if you go back <laughs> and if you go back as a second or third year player, the bar is pretty damn low for you to pass. I mean, JT Thor did not play in summer league. And that's somebody that I thought would have gone with he this summer to. league team. And Seems so like Kai Jones, to. James book Knight, they go back. Cam Whitmore wins summer league MVP as a rookie who was the 20th overall selection. And even still, if you think that he went too late as a, I don't know, top five talent, you still have a rookie winning summer league MVP. But you're right, it is covered, and a lot of people are watching it on ESPN now. It's no longer on NBA TV, where you just have the pennies as the jerseys. You have the NBA logo on the center, and then it's all white. You have blue shorts, and then you go out in Orlando and play basketball in like a YMCA. It's not like that anymore, so it is a little bit more mainstream, and the hipsters, they are angry. The hipsters are angry out there. Um, <laughs> the hipsters. Summer League, do you just want to start with the bad? Do you want to go with some Summer League? No, we got to start with the good. We got to go winners well, first, man. We got to start positive. Well, I okay. had to because it it you know, it was the point that David was making. Okay. And it had to do with the Hornets. I had to find the local angle. But, yeah, I mean, let's start okay. with the winners. All right. So, uh, Summer League winners. David, did you want to lead us off here? Did you have somebody that you thought was a real winner in Summer League? this session uh, watching the Hornets seven games. Yeah, I think at this point you just need a moment. You need a game. You need a quarter uh, to go off to just leave people reminding of what you can do. So for me, I mean, Nick Smith Jr., uh, yeah. all it takes is a one game. And and really, I think he had more than more than one game. He had more than just that one moment. I mean, uh, once the summer league kind of went on and he got a little more experience, on the floor, I, I felt comfortable having him out there. I mean, certainly uh, in comparison with some of the other guys that were out there. But uh, I, I was excited to see him put on that display because so many of those games, especially early on, the Hornets, A, just could, for some reason, couldn't shoot. I'm like, how every other team is hitting three after three after three. And and that was that became the story of Summer League the further it went on. It's like, yeah, well, the, these Hornets, it was the first talking point for, for every announcer. They really struggled shooting and doing everything else and scoring. Um, so it was nice to see a bit of a back and forth. And that was also the good Brandon Miller game. And that mm-hmm. fourth quarter especially was fun. But I liked what I saw from from Nick Smith. And, you know, gives you hopes that they really did get a steal uh, in that late first round pick. What do you got, Doug? 
Yeah, I think definitely Nick Smith Jr., winner, Brandon Miller got his game and showed off uh, uh, as much as I think he possibly could have shown off given the circumstances. They needed a point guard to deliver to him uh, to set him up for a few things. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on some of the offensive struggles. But playmaking, I mean, the passes that he makes with both hands uh, were were really crazy. And and I think I think he's going to be fine. So he's he's a winner. Amari Bailey, though, is the guy that I'm really going to point out. I, I thought that, you know, second round pick, uh, got the two-way contracts. A part of that, I think, was solid performance in Summer League. He didn't look lost out there. He looked like a Bryce McGowan's clone. But then by the end of Summer League, he looked like maybe even a little bit more than Bryce McGowan's because he was consistently knocking down three-point shots. He was making plays for others. Better ball handler than I thought. More athletic than I thought. I, I think mm-hmm. I was undersold on his athleticism. People were saying, look, guy, when he gets out of the transition, can really can really get up and show you something. But I saw explosiveness off the bounce, first step in the half court. I'm really excited about Amari Bailey. I thought he was almost my biggest winner. Uh, and he played all the, all the games. So that's a plus. All right, so David goes Nick Smith Jr. You go Amari Bailey. I wonder where Sounds you're like going. Mitch Kupchak is a winner here, Doug. Oh, okay, well, yeah, this uh, Mitch Kupchak. If How he about, made the decisions, if he made the decisions. Uh, well, we know he made the decisions on 27. <laughs> we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that the scouting, whatever, the the draft decision makers, they are the big winners. If you were to rank the yeah. top four players in this summer league session, I think in any order you wanted to go with they would consist of all the draft picks that you just mm-hmm. made out of this class. And I don't know if anybody else that would be in the top four, it would be Brandon Miller, Najee, Nick Smith, Jr. I was going to say you, you got to go Najee as your winner, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, well, you've been yeah. the biggest well, Najee the draft class. Advocate. Yes. I've, yes. I'm going with the whole draft class. Like, yes, obviously I love Najee. I've talked a ton about him. I think defensively he's special. You've heard me say it a million times, but the, the, the four best players in this summer league, were the four guys drafted this last time out. And then you can try to figure it out after that. But Mitch Kupchak, the decision makers, whatever, man, it was fun to see all four of those guys ball out in some games. I've got a question for you, Walker, and then David would love to hear your thoughts on this as well. And it's a question that I think came from the live show yesterday was part of the comments that I saw afterwards, which is that we've talked a lot about Najee. We, we, I think we both like him. You love him. And uh, I we had a we had a comment or a question saying, "Hey, why is Najee getting more love in this summer league than Mark Williams got in last year's summer league? Do you, do you feel like you're being a little unfair giving all of this love to Najee when when maybe we were a little bit more tepid about Mark Williams' performance in Vegas last year? Well, I mean, I think if you go back last year, I was very defensive over Mark Williams not balling out because I think even if you don't have a point guard on this roster, I think it was worse last year. I think Justin Robinson is better than what you had last season. No, it's still a problem, right? Let's not get it twisted. It's still a problem that they don't get a legitimate point guard. But I do think that they were a little bit better. Plus, if Brandon Miller is your first round pick, your second overall guy, And then you have some combo guards running out there. You have a little bit more facilitation, but Mark Williams, it was the offense that everything was so cramped. I I didn't think there was anything you could do watching him on offense and Najee. He's not doing anything offensively besides just dunking it, right? Like you haven't heard me praise his offense so much. I think defensively, I, I think defensively, the reason I'm, I'm more excited about Najee one, you have a little bit of the surprise factor because he's 31st compared to somebody that we had been talking about throughout the pre-draft process. We talked a lot about Mark Williams, but also 
I think Najee's instincts out on the perimeter and his his ability to move out there on the perimeter is better than what Mark has right now. Mark is a really smart defender down low, but Najee does not have a real problem sticking with his man. And I think even in pick and roll, like, yeah, there were some problems, but I think a lot of that was on his perimeter defender. Like Nick Smith Jr., there were some guys that just weren't playing very good, uh, playing good defense on the perimeter. So, yeah, I think that might be a little bit of the reason why. David, I don't know if you share some of those same concerns. Well, yeah, I mean, Mark just didn't make an impact in summer league at all. I mean, not not, not his fault, really, you know, but yeah. like Najee, you could tell. First of all, I mean, he's he, he's he's uh, he's got the NBA body, right? Like he's ready to go today if, if he could. Uh, and he's also still so young. So I think there's that intrigue level. There's that surprise factor, too. People knew of Mark Williams. He was the first pick, played at Duke, all that stuff. So, like, you know, I, I just think it's exciting to see that from Najee because some people are like, uh, this is another, you know, Bismack Biombo. Uh, he just won't be able to do anything, but he's shown a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, and it has a lot more upside that I think, uh, Hornets fans can get excited about. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's anything against Mark or, or particularly well, taking shots at him. And, and Mark Williams is a perfect example why you shouldn't overreact, uh, to oh, summer yeah, league yeah, yeah. because guys are going to go through a journey. They may go to Greensboro. They may go right to the roster, but but things are going to happen and they're going to improve in some areas and they may not improve in other areas. I think Mark Williams' summer league last year would have been Nick Smith Jr.'s summer league had he not had that explosive final game. We'd, we, we would have mm. felt the same way about Nick Smith Jr. Hey, we've seen some flashes. If some things improve, this looks really good. Um, and, you know, obviously though, it's different because we got that 33 point outburst spin moves, mm. just sauce mm. everywhere. So I now, mean, we, now, yeah. now we feel a lot better about Nick Smith jr's prospects. Well, and, and by the way, it, we were mentioning that then, I mean, it may, maybe we weren't talking about it with this level of excitement and maybe it was a little bit more, we were just trying to figure out what was going on and defensively Mark was fine, but man, well, I, not me. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like after summer yeah, league, I was not sitting here going, "Whoa, the Hornets have found their center." I was like, "Oh no, boy," and and, no. I, and and you know, I put all my cards out on the table. I was still a little hurt by the Duran thing. Well, so okay. yeah, some of that some of that bias was leaking in. I, I'll admit <laughs> it. But once Mark, you know, went through his Greensboro stint and then got back in and looked so comfortable after Plumley left, then I was like, "Hey, he's shown it to me here on an NBA level." He looks so comfortable out there, and he impacts the game on both ends of the floor. I'm like, all right, the Hornets have found their center. So, so, so the Nick Smith Jr. is the, is the Duran payoff, uh, and I saw some folks saying, <laughs> okay. Right. You got to give Mitch credit now. I mean, well, no, you don't. Not yet. Maybe. <laughs> He's a mastermind. Maybe we gotta, can we be patient? Can we see Nick He's Smith Jr. operate on an NBA floor first? Please. Yeah. Uh, he, he knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew Nick Smith Jr. was going to fall this entire time. And so for that, Mitch Kupchak is one of the winners here in Summer League. Let's go to the losers coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Maybe we talk a little bit about the bad in the last segment. That's why we're saving it. But if you want to hear more Brandon Miller observations from his latest podcast, David is going to share some thoughts. And we're going to get to some stuff we did not get to yesterday when talking about his appearance with Podcast P. So that's still to come on Lockdown Hornets. All right, David, let's start with the losers. Bring us the bad news. Who do you have as a loser in the summer league session? Uh, it, it's hard not to feel like... Uh, James Booknight missed a, a big opportunity in summer league. Uh, it was just a struggle bus all the way through. One thing you'd like to see from returning guys is a little bit of leadership uh, to go along with some good on-court performances. 
and it was just a tough go, man. Uh, and, and you feel bad for the guy. Hit a couple shots here and there, but my goodness gracious, it just was not what you needed to see. And you knew that you needed to see something more from him going in, and, and it just did not happen. So, I mean, the questions remain and, and maybe are now even more pronounced for what happens going into like training camp and, and the start of the season. I mean, you couple that with, you know, some good performances from Bailey and, and, and Nick Smith Jr. Uh, here and there. And it's like, you know, where do they go from here with Book Knight? So unfortunately, I think Book Knight, uh, for me, is one of the main down guys. And, and you know, Kai had his moments, uh, but, but Book Knight unfortunately stood out on the bat end there. Doug, are you going to go with uh, James Book Knight's draft mate, or are you going to go in a different direction? I'm going to go with Mitch Kupchak. He's going to be the oh, and a loser nice. <laughs> because his his draft class of James Booknight and Kai Jones, I don't think they they had different kinds of performances because I think a lot of observers, national observers that don't pay close attention to the Hornets are going to walk away and think, hey, Kai Jones showed some flashes here. It looks like he might be, you know, might be on the upswing. But I think both of these guys for different for different reasons. Um, showed why their future in uh, Charlotte looks even cloudier. And that's a draft class for Mitch Kupchak that has really mm-hmm. failed at every opportunity to make the case um, that that they you know deserve serious looks uh, on a non-injured <laughs> roster. So for Book Knight, you know, it's not like the opportunity wasn't there. And we've said this over and over about Book Knight. Last season, at regular season, uh, Clifford gave him a solid opportunity to make plays and he just missed shot after shot in this summer league. It's not like the offense was humming. It's not like other guys were taking all of his shots and knocking them down. He had an opportunity to lift this offensive offense up. He wasn't necessarily the point guard. A lot of those duties went to Robinson and Nick Smith jr. But he had plenty of opportunities to make plays for others too, because you know, Nick Smith jr. Was turning the ball over all the time early on in that summer league. He had plenty of opportunities to play takeover guy, and just couldn't do it until the second to last game, uh, you know, when he went off. But by then, I think the book, the book night has already been written. Right. Classic. Uh, I thought about going Mitch Kupchak, too. I thought giving you a little double dose of Mitch because of the draft class. Beat and you also to it. Like <laughs> roster construction. Um, I'll go with Kai. I'll take the easy answer. But the angle I'm going to take is the fact that here you have a project. It was always along this timeline. It was a very possible outcome that it would take three years before Kai Jones started to put it together whatsoever. Maybe you thought you had more time until they drafted James Najee and he showed you that on the defensive end. So now he could go to Barcelona. Looks like he is going to go to Barcelona, although it's not official yet, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen that be official. They still have a two-way deal. They still have one two-way slot. It could go to Najee. So, well, actually, I don't think they're allowed to, if I'm not oh. mistaken. I think it's against hey, the rules. CBA, man. I can't. Yeah, I, can't I know. Make it's tough. I, but I, I don't have details on why. But James Najee, if he goes to Barcelona, if you're Kai, I mean, you know he's coming. And James Najee, we can all admit, he was a winner for a reason. So if he comes over next year, and I don't know how many opportunities Kai Jones is going to get with Mark Williams and Nick Richards ahead of him. Now you have, hopefully people that are more healthy than last year, which is a very low bar to clear where the opportunity is going to come in the regular season. This was your summer league to show that you had really put together quite a bit and it didn't happen. So I'm going to go with Kai Jones and it's all, a lot of that has to do with the pressure that Najee's put behind him. Yeah. Yeah, He's he's the same. He's the same player. I mean, that's really the bottom line and what, what you don't see if you're a national observer that hasn't been paying attention. I'm sure that if you put the microscope on his game, 
you know, there have been some subtle improvements in his pick and roll defense, some things that they've been working on with him. But we're seeing the same kinds of highlight athletic plays offensively, the Euro steps, he's going on the Euro trip, the block shots because his length is crazy, because his energy and intensity level is off the charts. But you're also seeing the same mistakes, the same turnovers, the same doing too much with the basketball, the same not enough physicality rebounding. There were games when he had zero or one rebounds, and he was the center, and he was playing big minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. these are just things that you go, okay – this is this is not a guy you can count on for big minutes at the center position. And there's I don't know what I mean, maybe if they don't bring back PJ, if that doesn't happen and they don't bring back a PJ replacement, you know, maybe there's some room at, for him at four. I don't know. But certainly at five doesn't make sense at this point. It just doesn't feel like the game's slowing down for him at all. And that's kind of tough to see, I guess, in summer league because it was it was helter skelter out there, uh, which is brings me to one thing that I think we should mention is just the downfall of, of of the coaching staff and the preparedness, I think, that we just did not see. I mean, Bad. you forget this team played a preseason summer league. <laughs> you know, they played uh, additional games to kind of get ready or to have more time on court, and they just did not look focused or ready to play or with any cohesiveness when you get when they got to Vegas. And, like, to Doug's point, you know, the time on all this stuff, it, it's not easy. It's very hard. But there were teams that looked like they knew what they were doing. I mean, the Spurs specifically uh, and some of these other teams looked like they had a little more cohesiveness. They probably had a couple more point guards too, which helped. Uh, But the Hornets, I think, like I said, a talking point in all these games was just how discombobulated they looked most of the time. Well, here's an interesting note on Marlon Garnett, who was the head coach of this team and was uh, maybe rumored by the True Hoop podcast uh, to to not be doing the greatest job getting these guys prepared and getting some criticism from some of the more veteran players on this roster, okay? Garnett is regarded as like LaMelo's guy, you know, LaMelo's coach, the guy that he works with maybe the most on the roster. There is a coaching cull that is coming when this new, you know, front office, Kaplan, when they, when they all take over. There's going to be a coaching cull. How many... Coaches get fired. We'll have to see. Is it going to be Clifford and everybody? But it will be. But if Marlon Garnett stays, then you know that Lamelo Ball has started to get some pull within hmm. this within this organization uh, because he didn't. You know, Marlon Garnett did not show. I think uh, enough there in summer league to to justify. You know that he has you know an associate head coach role in in his future at least with Charlotte. Hmm. All right, that'll do it for our Summer League thoughts. That's David, back from vacation, soothsayer of the sneaker. You can follow him on Twitter at David B. Walker. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, guys. I mean, it's good to be back. It's not great to be back, but if I have yeah. to be back, it's good to be back with you guys. <laughs> well, you look like a bronze god. Let me just say that. <laughs> look at tan. That is not that is not base makeup, folks. That is just <laughs> that is just pure hot heat on the skin. Uh- um, that is Doug Branson. I want to start calling him Podcast D. Everyone at SpotSport.com. Yes. You can find him on his Substack. And I'm Walker Mail. Again, catch me on WFS every weekday from 12 to 3. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. They cover every contest from across the league with local analysis. Find them wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 